open the show notes yet. It's for show notes. Oh, I forgot to ask people fake questions. Oh, well. No one has questions. No questions. No questions this week. Welcome back to the show. Before we start, I would like to say I'm going to make a strong effort not to, um... Um... After heavily umming less. Did you um a lot? Yeah, and I had to cut out a lot of ums, and I'm sure I missed some. I feel like a, a few ums isn't bad. I ummed a lot. You gotta be more like Obama and just take really long pauses. Yeah, he's probably a big ummer. Okay, so follow-up. Stephen King, Magical... Re- what is this talking about? I don't remember. I made this show You so wrote it. Ago. Oh, oh, I remember. So I saw a... A, uh... I saw a video on his Facebook page and it was like an interview on PBS I think if I can find it I'll post it in the show notes but it was the guy was asking about how like his tales are like they're like horror stories but they're also like like fantasy in them Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and Stephen King was talking about how in Although, like, Latin American and Hispanic writing, like, there's a lot of stuff like that. People don't question it. It's called magical realism. So that's, like, Borges and... Why is Borges the only Hispanic writer I can think of right now? Um, Guillermo del Toro. Actually, yeah. His, well, his, like, movies are, like, probably a pretty good example of the magical realism genre in a movie. Different format. Like, in a movie format. But basically how, like, the, the idea is that, like, you know, you blend genres together. Like, just be, like, it can be realism, but at the same time not realism. Right. But yeah, and I just talked about, he's like, he's like, I feel like we shouldn't even have genres in the first place. Yeah. So, I don't know. Didn't know if you had any comments on that. I think I've actually seen him talk about that before. Okay. Um, I wouldn't be surprised since you're like the uber Stephen King fan. Basically just how people get shoehorned into this certain box with like their storytelling or what have you because they're like, oh, it's a fantasy story, so we need to have dwarves and elves or, oh, it's a horror story, so this or whatever. And that it's just kind of stupid and boring and like it's okay to use those things as guidelines but not to rely on them as a rule. You know what's another problem that actually John Green has talked about? Genre writing? Mm-hmm. Which is, like, well, okay, so we were just talking about, <laughs> that's not what I meant, the belittling of genre writing mm-hmm. and not taking it serious. So, like, people who, not that they, people who just, like, stick to the boxes and stuff, but, like, stuff that's written really well in those genres right. is not taken as seriously. Yeah, people, like, sci-fi and fantasy especially, I think, get it the hardest. Yeah, and... Romance writing, too, but that's probably all bad. But also, so John Green came from from perspective of young adult writing mm-hmm. and how people don't take it seriously because it's, like, for... Well, yeah, because it's, it's, yeah, it's for young, kids. Yeah. yeah. But I'm not going to say, like, his work is the most amazing thing I've ever read or anything. But they're some of my favorite books, and I think they're really well written, yeah. even though they're written for young adults. Of course, Sanders pooping in our office. Our recording studio, Sander. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> so unprofessional. Genres are a problem from both ends. Yeah. It's another thing I did a lot, was I said like, like, 40 times. I That's okay. 
It's a filler, filler words. So this other note is a little dated. I have the Death Cab for Cutie million dollar loan song. Okay. That didn't blow up as big as I thought it would. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it did at all. Yeah, not at all. Wait, let me see how many views it has. I just expected, like... It to be, like, some big thing. Yeah. <laughs> so you preemptively put it into the show notes. Like, yeah, in two weeks, this is going to be a oh big deal. Oh, my God, deal. it only has 400,000 views. Wow. Well, two weeks ago, or whenever this happened, <laughs> Death Cab for Cutie came out with a song called Million Dollar Loan that I thought was really funny, and yeah. it's basically an anti-Trump... It is an anti-Trump song, not basically. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Which is a fun saying, that I don't say as, as, as much as I should. Because it's very easy to stumble over. <laughs> yeah, but I thought it was going to blow up more than it did. I guess not. I guess Death Cab for Cutie is not as relevant as I remember them being, or as they as they used to be. It's because they lost that Grammy to My Humps. Uh, to, to My Humps, yeah. But look at where the Black Eyed Peas are today. They're the most influential bands in America. Maybe that's why I put it in here, because we talked about the Death Cab for Cutie yeah. before. And I talk about music influences a lot and yeah. stuff like that. I was really happy they did it. The video is really good. The song's actually not bad. It's not, like, super catchy, but it's actually a decent song. It's not like they just rushed out, like, this anti-song. Yeah. Like. But apparently, according to our friend Angie, there's, like, a whole series. Oh, and really? they're doing one, like, up until the day of the election. There's, like, a new song. Oh. Like, Because she said there was another uh, musician who who did it, and I don't remember who it was, but it was someone I hadn't heard of anyway. But she seemed to think that I would have heard of this yeah. person. So... I don't know, check it out. I'll put the link in the description. I can't believe I thought this was going to be a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a difference two weeks makes. Oh, actually, I'm going to skip ahead to a different show note. Last one out of Beach City. Okay, so we haven't recorded in a while now that I'm like seeing what I've talk- I'm talking yeah. about in this. So last one out of Beach City was, it's a specifically a episode of Steven Universe that just came out recently that was really good. And it turned me on to this musician, Mike Kroll. Kroll. Uh, I will post, like, his SoundCloud or something in the description. I really like it. It's, like, weird, like, pop-punky garage band. I know his name, and I'm not sure if it's just because you told me about this, or if there is actually something I know his name from. I wouldn't be surprised. But he was in... He was in... The new Steven Universe. Like, they featured his band in it. Nice. But, last one on the Beach City. Let me see. It was actually based off of a movie. Like, that's the name of, like, a movie or, like, an episode or, or something. But it, it was such a fantastic episode. But really, what I want to talk about was the, the, the music from it, which was featured pretty heavily. I'm trying to figure out if I, like, know one of his songs or something. Okay, so the title is a reference to Lesson Jake's 1998 song, Last One Out of Liberty City. Mm-hmm. I remember them. I don't think most people do, but... Oh, and then, yeah, on the back of Pearl's jacket, she has, like, this X'd out smiley face, and it's, like, a reference to the Nirvana logo. Nice. Yeah. It's it's just a... It was a really good episode, but anyway, that aside, because I don't want to spoil too much for people who haven't watched the show. If you haven't, you should watch it. But, yeah, Mike Kroll, I was just, like... I was listening to this, listening to it, I was, like this is what I want my band to sound like if I was in a band. <laughs> <laughs> so I figured I'd lay that down for the 
list of musical influences. Musical influences. Doing my Kroll cover album. Do you, should I should I play you a song by him and then you can you get the gist of this? Yep. Just like very, very punkish. It reminds me a lot of the music from Scott Pilgrim. Yes. It's very sex babami. Yeah, that's I guess pretty much if I was in a band I wish and I felt like very nostalgic for I don't know, for something I've never actually been a part of. Like yeah. a garage bit like cause there's like a party like a, in a garage and like there's people out on like the lawn, like I, I was like I'm feeling very nostalgic for something I've never for experienced. something that's never actually happened to but you. Yeah, but, like, yeah, I'm super into Scott Pilgrim and all the music in that, too, so that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons I liked Scott Pilgrim so much, is that he's, like, in a band. and The music was really good. Yeah, the music was Thanks, really Beck. Oh, speaking of more musical, I've been listening to... What was I listening to? This weird band, Cub. Oh, yeah. That has a song, My Chinchilla. It's, like, this 90s, like bubblegum punk band i think you've probably listened to them like nine or ten times when i've been here so yeah i can't imagine how many more times you've listened to it's it. like one of those you know when you get like something stuck in your head and you can't yeah. stop i'll probably like listening to them to the point where i'll hate it yeah but then like a year i'll like it again and i'll be able to just listen to it i casually. know what you mean yeah. i love that when you have a song that's like you go, this is pretty good, and then it gets super played out, and you're like, I'm so sick of this song, I never want to hear it again. Then you hear it again, like, a few years later, you're like, oh, I remember this song. <laughs> but, like, you just despised it for a little while. That happens a lot to me. I feel like Pumped Up Kits is like that. Yeah. Because, like, every time I hear it now, I'm like, hey, Pumped Up Kicks! Yeah. <laughs> and that album is fantastic. I never actually listened to their second album for some reason. I don't think I did either. Like, they had a good single from it. I can't remember what it was, yeah. what it was called. But, like, I loved that album. I thought it was one of the best albums that came out that year. Oh, yeah. I, so, I told... We told people to register to vote in the yeah. last podcast, but I didn't put it out soon enough. Good job. For people to register. Well, I hope you guys registered anyway. Yeah. So, hopefully you did anyway. But still, go vote if you, if you didn't... Uh, if you did register. If you didn't and, register... Don't go vote, because yes, you can't. You can't. But tell your friends who did register to go vote. because And you can still register because there are other elections. Yeah, yeah. so still register now, but like you don't, won't be in time. Yeah. Don't wait till the last minute or past the last oh, minute. Oh, speaking of oh, peaceful trans- transference of power, I guess that just pissed me off so much that I wanted to talk about it. <laughs> As, like, a political concept or Or ideological concept? Well, how I was frustrated that, I guess, Donald Trump is kind of undermining it. Yeah. I understand from a point what he's saying about the election being rigged, but I feel like rigged is a strong word. Rigged is a very strong word. Yes. I feel like you could say influenced. Yeah. Yeah. Bias, like... That's actually, this is a little off topic, I guess, but it's really funny to me because I see a lot of people who are like Democrats or Republicans, whichever, because I see it on both sides all the time, who the Republicans are like, oh, that damn liberal media, Um, and then Democrats are like, that's not a thing, you're stupid. But then Democrats are like, 
that damn conservative media. Yeah. I'm like, they both exist. Get over it. Like, it's very obvious that they both exist, and that's fine. Well, fine's a strong word because media is, or the news is supposed to be unbiased, but it's impossible to say unbiased. Yeah. And as long as you know whose bias is what. And you get your your news sources from multiple different right. sources. And you and don't like just that. watch Fox or just watch MSNBC. You'll God, probably I'll be okay. Yeah. I'm I'm still bad. I still I pretty much only listen to like NPR. Yeah, they are, for the most part, relatively unbiased. Yeah, they're they're pretty. They're good. one of the closest. I yeah, think. they're they're liberal. Yeah, but they like give you both sides anyway. Yeah. Like, um, but yeah, I was just very frustrated that he's like this election is rigged, and he's like, what. When he was like, basically, what did he say? He was like, "Yeah, I'll accept the terms of the election if I win." Like that whole line. Yeah, and he was like, "They're like, well, will you concede to your opponent when you lose?" He's like, "I'll keep you in suspense." Yeah, keep no, like, no, you, well, first of all, you don't actually have a choice. Yeah. So, second of all, every presidential candidate, sort of like, it's not every presidential candidate ever. It has been disputed before. I was actually reading about this. I can't remember who it was. Maybe James Madison during his election, it was disputed. It was, like, a very long time ago. It might have been more recent than that, but it has been disputed before. It's just, you don't do it, usually, unless there's, like, a very, very clear reason to do it. Yeah. And even, like, people are like, well, Al Gore, like, sued the state of Florida. It was like, but Al Gore didn't say before the election happened that he, right. he's preemptively going that to... That he was going to bitch about yeah, it. Yeah. To, which is... Which is part of the problem like he's preemptively I think a lot of the problem is to me is like you're making people distrust the democratic system yeah. and if you do that the democratic system will fail and also he's got all these some of his supporters are just like party line republicans who just want a conservative in office and well I sympathize with those people I don't agree with them but also but there's so many of his supporters who are like, they start fights at rallies and stuff, and I'm like, well, yeah. if you tell people, like, these well, people, it, that's like, rape. Radicalized like, supporters. Yeah. It's, like, I I don't know what's going to happen. Right. I mean, we'll probably have, like, a Twitter civil war. Probably. It'll be fine. It's not going to be a thing. It's not going to be a real thing. Unless he I continues to encourage it, which... Maybe buy a gun just in case. Or already own one. Which is funny, coming from me. Yeah. <laughs> Although I'm not... That's not really it's something. Yeah, whatever. We'll yeah, move on this is topic. yeah, this but is a little bit of a hot button issue. I talk about how like I am really mad about the way the primary turned out and how the DNC treated Bernie Sanders. Would you say rigged it but against Bernie Sanders? I would not use the term rigged because like <laughs> it is a private organization. So what they did was like legal. It was just very un. It was. Yeah. It was. Dumb. I mean, it was. That's, I'm trying to think of the word. The right word. I want to say untoward, but that's. I, I mean, mean unethical. That's unethical. That's yeah. the word I want. Yeah. Unethical. It, I mean, I guess that also. But I wouldn't call it like I wouldn't call it rigging it. Like maybe I. But then it's like, does rigging imply it's actually they do something illegal? It's not necessarily. It I could guess just so, be yeah. gaming the system and. But so so like voter suppression laws are legal, like, in a way. Yeah. Not, yeah. So, but that's, and that's a lot of Republicans. Yeah. So, but people... There's a lot of crap on both sides. But, and the other thing is, the the system is, like, 
fraud proof. Oh yeah, like the actual voting and everything is. Yeah. Uh, did you hear? I did, did you see that uh, article I sent the you? Trump's the Trump supporter who voted, voted twice plus, because yeah. she thought her her first vote was going to go to Hillary. Yeah. I'm not sure why she wouldn't think her second vote would go to Hillary. That's the part I'm a little unclear on. So you might have just cast two votes for Hillary. Maybe. Good job. <laughs> okay, let's move on. I just I just needed to gripe about that, and it seemed like a good place to gripe. I, I like don't even like. I try to, to, to not talk about this election because I'm not happy with either choice. Yeah. But when something like that happens, I'm like, you're not attacking the opponent, you're attacking democracy. Yeah, <laughs> you're attacking our nation. Yeah. All right. Ooh, Gone Girl. I finished another book. Did you? Yeah, Gone Girl. I didn't read it. It was good. Or see the movie. I really liked it. I don't want to give anything away. I think I know how it ends. But I don't even know if I want to give this away, that yeah. there's that. So it's a good book, and I can't really can't talk about it. it <laughs> so you should just go read it and enjoy it, or watch the movie if you want. Like, it's not like it's really well written. I heard the movie was actually a pretty good adaptation. And yeah, the I've heard the movie is really good too. So like, it's also got the delightful Stanley Tucci in it. <laughs> he is delightful. If you're really looking to save time and want to watch the movie. I wouldn't. I wouldn't give you crap, even though I'm like one of those people who always watches. It always gives film. you crap. Yeah. If you don't read the book. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's like it's since it's it's like a pop novel. I feel like in some yeah. ways, like I kind of give people passes on those things. Speaking of finishing books, guess what book I didn't finish? The Harry Potter. Harry Potter. I completely forgot about it. There was one thing I wanted to say about Gone Girl. The ending was really good. In. A written sense, but really disappointing from an entertaining reader sense. Yeah. Like, like cheering for the protagonist sense. Yeah. So I'm trying to be as vague as possible on that, and I'm like, I was just curious how you feel about that. I feel like a lot of Stephen book, uh, Stephen, Stephen book, Stephen book, Stephen King books end that way. Like, yeah. You know what's really bad is his Richard Bachman books. Yeah. Like if you read, crap, what is it, Running Man? Uh, which they also made into a really bad movie. Those books just have the most depressing endings. All, almost all of them, not all of them. And they're like a lot of them are like very like non-endings or like big anti-climaxes, or just flat out like I'm gonna spoil the end of the Running Man here. So if you want to skip ahead ten seconds to avoid it, go for it. All right, I'll I'll tell you. All right, spoilers start now, and I'll tell you when they end. So if you... he literally just dies at the end. The main character just dies and that's it like he, he crashes a plane into the bad guys oh yeah so like he kind of wins not really though because it's implied that it has no positive effect going forward that's yeah. terrible yep that's stephen king especially the richard bachman books which hey. spoilers end now spoilers <laughs> end spoilers end pay attention now i don't know how you skipped ahead but, but it's really funny because he actually stopped writing under the pseudonym Richard Bachman because he said it was detrimental to his health because oh when he would write Bachman books he actually described it as like almost becoming another person and that's why he wrote them under a pseudonym initially he'd start like chain smoking and drinking heavily and stuff like that was where like it like really fed his substance abuse problems I mean he said he became like really nasty when he was writing them because they're all like really dark and depressing for the most part except the regulators which is really really good it's still dark but which I think I have, or I have the CDs. Yeah, no, you have regulators. There it is. It's really good. Uh, and here another book as Stephen King called Desperation, 
which isn't technically a sequel. They're actually like twinner books, which is really cool. That's a concept from his Dark Tower series and a couple other books. But basically, they're like mirror images of each other. Which one do you read first? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Nope. Or as far as I remember, it doesn't matter. I like the regulators better. But Desperation was very good, too. And they made a movie out of that, too, and it was just okay. Ron Perlman was in it, and he's good. I like him. The whole, I'm getting really off track, but the whole non-ending or super disappointing ending thing, like, it's really bothersome to me when it's, like, a one-off book. Yeah. Like, if it's, like, a series and, like, this book in the series has, like, a really downbeat ending or something, at least you know there's something that's gonna, like, bring you back up unless it's something written by George Martin. Yeah, when it's, like, I put however many hours into reading this book and then it has some huge anti-climax or the main character dies with no resolution to the plot or whatever, it's... A lot of times when I read that, I feel like how was this the author's original vision for the story and what are they trying to convey with it and I get sometimes like there's probably like a deeper meaning or whatever sometimes I think it's just like I don't know how to wrap up this story just like <laughs> done I would definitely say that in Golden Girl the ending is definitely it's wrapped up yeah um, but not satisfying not in a way it's, that is satisfying it's not satisfying emotionally right I know what you mean you like you get really angry at the ending. Yeah. Which is like, it's still a reaction. Yeah, you still evoke some kind of emotion yeah. and stuff. So and that's, that's uh, like that way, like, like do you... I guess it's technically a tragedy. I guess really, like, how do you feel about tragic endings is more <laughs> the question I'm asking. We're like, I mean, I guess it depends on the story. I mean, I don't think every story needs to have, like, a happy ending. Yeah. But I feel like you should leave your reader... Something. Something. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. It's, I guess the the question is almost like is is writing for the reader or for the writer? Yeah, and I feel like that's like actually like a really tough question. Tough question. Because like you have, I think we've talked about it before. Like all the fans who are like freaking out about George Martin not finishing Game of Thrones and how he's probably going to die before he finishes the series and stuff, which could definitely happen. But that's aside. Like, does he have a duty to finish the books and? To one extent, I'm like, well, they're his books, he can do what he wants. But on the other hand, it's like, well, you became super rich and famous because of these millions of people who loyally read your books. I feel like you do kind of owe something to them. Yeah. Whether it's a happy ending or not is another question. But just something. But something, yeah. So I guess, overall, I think it really just depends on the and how the ending comes about. Like you said, like Gone Girl, it's more just like you have a really like angry or upset kind of reaction at the end. But I feel like if you're upset because of the turn in the story, it's one thing than if you're like upset because the ending of the book was stupid. You yeah, I mean? it wasn't stupid. It was really well written and good. Yeah. And even climactic. And like fitting for the book. And that fitting you were for the book. Yeah. But it's like very frustrating as a Right. Yeah. yeah. As as someone who's rooting for the protagonist. I call that, or in my mind, that is very much like mid-90s to early 2000s media. Any, like, movie, not every book, but so many movies put out during that time period have the most depressing endings for no reason. <laughs> like, 
Here comes a spoiler, and I don't even care if I spoil this for you because this movie's fucking awful. But City of Angels with Nicolas Cage. Did you ever see this movie? I feel like I have. Okay, so he's an angel, like an angel of death or something. And I think it's Meg Ryan is the woman in the movie. This sounds really familiar. I think I must have seen it, but I don't like. I haven't seen it recently. Yeah, I'm like one of her family members or something dies, and he's like the angel who shows up to like take them on to like heaven or whatever but he sees her and he gets like really interested in her for whatever reason and starts kind of like angel stalking her and they like uh, i think he like interacts with her while he's an angel i think she can see him like he appears to her or whatever but it's like kind of against the rules and he like kind of falls in love with her and then he finds out like he goes through like this whole ordeal trying to figure out what to do and he actually finds out there's a way for him to become human so he can like live his life with her and stuff and then he'll just like be a human and just die normally and everything and he does it and he becomes human and they're like in love and this is for like 10 seconds and they like run away to like some cabin in upstate new york or whatever and she's like oh we need something from the store i'm gonna ride my bike there and then gets hit by a truck and dies like, just just crushed by this big truck. Spoilers over. Well, maybe not. I don't know. But yeah, it's just like it's such like an anti-climax. Which, like, there's no payoff at the end of this movie. Other, like, this guy goes through all this stuff to like get the girl or whatever, and he does, and they're happy, and then you just kill her. Like, what? Why would anyone care about that? Why can't they just have a nice life? I guess not everything has to have a happy ending, but it's like, she's just dead. I feel like this is a part of, like, the postmodern movement. Yeah. Where it's, like, people, like, trying to... But, the, I don't know, there was stuff like that before that, too. Yeah. When you have, like, Ernest Hemingway and things yeah. like that. But it's just, like, it's so unsatisfying. Like, you invested all this time into this one particular aspect of the story, like, their love story or whatever... Granted, it's not a very good movie anyway, and I was pretty young when I saw it. I was probably, like, 14 or 15, maybe. I think my mom was watching it, and I watched it with her. Like, you invest everything into, like, their story, like, their personal thing together, and then she dies. Like, yeah. Like, it would be one thing if, like, then she died, like, a while later, but, like, he's like, I'm human now, we can be together. And she's like, great, truck. And he's just sad, doesn't know how to move on with his life. And I think in the end, he goes to the ocean and swims, and that's how he moves on with his life. Thinking, like, well, I'll see her again when I die eventually. And I'm just like, oh my god. Still a better love story than Twilight. Alright, rant over. No, that's fine. That movie just bothered me. It's just, like, such an anti-climax, and... I don't know. But yeah, ultimately, I feel like that whole thing is... It really is dependent on the story, and what you're trying to convey with the story. But if it's just, like, to shock and upset your reader at the end for the sake of doing that, I feel like that's just lazy. Yeah. And, like, not... It's not being creative. It's just being, like, family guy and trying to see what you can get away with saying on network television. Yeah. Did you have, like, a topic topic you wanted to do? I did, and I forget. You did? Yeah. I have a backup one you can do. Okay. Okay. So, I was watching... I listened to a bunch of Bill Burnham just, like, like the last week. Oh, yeah. Just because... I think one song came on, and I just was in the mood to listen to it after that. And I must have been listening to someone on YouTube, because YouTube recommended this. This YouTube recommended an interview he did mm -hmm. on, like, ABC News. If I can find it, I'll put it in the description. But something he said in particular, and I can't remember the exact quote, but he was talking about how 
frustrating it is that like he calls it like he feels like this is another kind of audience versus artist question yeah he talks about how he feels like he should make the art because he wants to do it and he enjoys it mm -hmm. not because he feels like he has to 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 satisfy the consumer right. and what they want because he he took three years off between one of his shows like right. he like didn't come out with anything and he was working on stuff mm -hmm. but he just wanted to do it his life and he's he talks about how like you have like vlogs and comedians who are like constantly doing stuff and like tv shows and stuff like that and he calls it uh iv media where like instead of getting this like one big awesome piece of art mm -hmm. that someone put a lot of work into you get this like he calls it like a drip like a drip, drip, drip yeah yeah of mediocre art yeah and he says he feels like a lot of artists feel pressured to give into that like drip 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 so they can succeed and do well yeah and it's just like something i think talk about like but yeah he said he when he was he took the break like three he took three years off and people were like where are you are you dead like yeah. are you did you quit comedy and it was like no i'm just living my life and working on my stuff like yeah. Uh, and I guess he's I don't know if he's talking about necessarily working artists right I, I feel like he's he's talking about people who who truly just want to make something to make it yeah and if you if you get money off of that like if you, if you become successful that's right. positive I, it, he didn't really go into that yeah. much detail although I do feel like that's easy to say when you're already a very successful artist yeah. well so so he was talking about how people he so he started out with like not a vlog but like a youtube channel like yeah. he would come out with their like songs on youtube and he came out with like a lot of them like pretty frequently mm -hmm. and how he's pressured by like i guess like managers and stuff to keep a video like he doesn't like vlogging anymore yeah like, he doesn't want to do that that's not his yeah. thing and that's not how he wants to make art he doesn't want to feel like he has to make okay media like every he doesn't want to make the media that he's told he has to make basically. Yeah. yeah and i guess he almost implying like if you become successful enough maybe you shouldn't do that yeah like, maybe well, that way. makes sense yeah. i mean so like i'm gonna give him the assumption that he doesn't mean working artists yeah he means artists who have the ability like maybe they're just it's either a hobby right. or they're so successful they don't have to worry about it right so I was wondering how you feel about that. I feel like that's, for the most part, I agree with him, for the most part. Yeah. Like, I think it depends on your medium, and I think it depends on what you're working on. I mean, again, like I said with George Martin, it does go back to, like, if you're really successful, you're really successful because of your fans. But at the same time, your fans can't just expect you to do anything all or everything for them all the time. Like, if you take three years off, I think maybe you should... I don't even know if you have, like, a moral compunction to do this, but I feel like you should kind of try and keep your fans in the loop. Like, even if it's on, like, Twitter or whatever, like, hey, yeah. worked on some awesome new tracks for my album I'm putting out, hopefully in 2017, or whatever... Just so, like, if people have to ask you if you're still alive, then you're probably being a little too quiet. Yeah. Um, because I feel like a lot of fans feel like they develop a type of relationship with, like, artists that really speak to them, or 
that they're like big fans of and while it's not like an intensely personal relationship it's like hey I put my time and money into watching your videos or well you don't pay to watch YouTube but you know what I mean like watching yeah. your movie that you made or buying your books or whatever or, or buying your like comedy album right yeah but I also think there's definitely a fine line there where fans can get too shitty and too pushy about it. and Because yeah. ultimately, these artists are still people. So they have other things going on in their life besides their art. I think it's really interesting you say that, too, because he, in a lot of his newer work, like, I feel like the last two comedy specials he did, he brings up how, like, you don't know me. Yeah. Like, you know a character I do on stage. Right you know I make this for you like to entertain you and stuff and like I do think he genuinely cares and believes about some of the stuff he says like he, I don't think he would write about it if he didn't right. but he's like I am not the same person you see on like yeah he's so, a character in yeah, the end yeah. yeah and and he's selling that character yeah he's selling that character and he he talks about like I think in one of his songs he talks about like don't get mad at me. Like, if you meet me on the street and I'm, like, shy and reserved, like, that's... Yeah. Like, like... <laughs> yeah. It's, it's definitely a really fine line. Yeah. Although I am still mad at George Martin for not finishing the series yet. I am mad, too, about that. Well, <laughs> see, here's the thing. That's the other thing. He told us, like, he's working on it, so right. we're expecting it. Right. So... In a way, I can kind of, like, see where Bo Burnham's coming from. Like, I'm not going to tell you because you don't... Like, well, what if I quit? Like, yeah. I don't want to do this The anymore. thing is, though, the difference there is you're already five books into a series. That's true. And I yeah. do feel like you have some sort of obligation to finish that series. That's true. Even if you're like, I'm going to change my plans and just end it at book six. Change your plans and end it at book six. But to just write five books and then just be like, eh, I'm done, no ending, see you later. <laughs> and then get mad at HBO for going past you on the show, you, you have a little bit of an ego issue, I feel like, there. I actually do think the like one of the reasons he took off is, was to finish college. Yeah. Because he went to NYU, and I like know he, he... I remember like reading an interview how he was like, like a little, like he was like, not like, chronically or severely like he was depressed because all of his friends were starting college and stuff mm -hmm. while he was touring and like right. he was and he was like he was like I was really happy I was so successful like I picked up out of nowhere thanks to like YouTube and yeah. my channel and stuff and I was able to be a comedian which is awesome but then my friends were a year into college doing all these experiences like living this whole life yeah. and I think that's part of the reason he took off but I do know like there like there's pretty big gaps between what he does so like he like it, it seems like he aims to put out something once a year mm -hmm. while like a lot of comedians will like constantly yeah. be kind of doing yeah. stuff and and you know he still does small stuff I've seen him like do cameos and yeah he does like appearances and, and crap yeah and I've seen like he says he does well now that well Vine is dead now but yeah he, he was doing Vines I saw some of his Vines oh nice I didn't like follow him or anything. I was just like, like, looking stuff up, and I was like, oh, he does some vines. So yeah. it's not like he doesn't do anything. I guess. Yeah. So he did keep in touch in a way. I guess people just they wanted another comedy show or like they wanted yeah more songs like yeah. And it's like I feel like especially in that kind of medium, I guess it's like 
none of his work is connected or related or anything. So I feel like it's like you have he has no obligation to finish a project yeah. or something. It's hey, I put out this funny song on YouTube. Enjoy. It's not like, well, since you put out a funny song on YouTube, I expect at least 11 more tracks because <laughs> yeah. I want a full album out of this. He's just like, yeah, I just did a YouTube song. Whatever. <laughs> um, but I do think YouTube especially has like really changed that. Well, I mean, obviously it's really changed that too because artists who wanted to do music had no other medium than to put it out on like a CD or cassette or whatever. Yeah. Or like or even iTunes. Or, yeah. But... Even like now, it's you can just put a song up on YouTube and make money off of it if you're someone who has somewhat of a following, and it helps people get followings too. Yeah. So I definitely think it's a. It really depends on what you're doing and how you're doing it. Yeah, because it's almost weird to like, like, especially with musicians. Like, most albums aren't like sequential right like it's you can't expect like if someone is like yeah I don't really like I'm kind of like Weezer took a break yeah for a while a lot and, of bands do and people like get upset about it and it's yeah. like yeah it's disappointing but it but for a while they were putting out an album every year like yeah. and touring and I'm like that's a lot of work yeah let them take a couple years off and hopefully come back with something really good he actually I Rivers Quove took a break like in the late 90s or something like that yeah. to, so you could finish Harvard yeah yeah. <laughs> so it's like these people do have lives as well yeah. and I mean if Weezer stopped who just broke up pretty recently a really big band um, R.E.M. really? just I called know. it quits uh, back like being a summer maybe I think yeah. it's me, like I'm not the biggest I'm not like a huge R.E.M. fan but I mean they've been around for a really long time yeah. they've been really successful have a really strong fan base and they were just like they weren't breaking up because they like, hate each other or anything. They're just like, we're done. Like, we don't have the inspiration to keep doing this. We yeah. want to move on with our lives. And there's a lot of fans who are like furious about it. And I'm like, it, it's still their life. And they gave you like 20 plus years of music. Yeah. What more do they owe you? And then people get mad when people don't quit. Like, right. Green Day. Right. Like, like yeah, should have ended it back at like. American Idiot. Like, yeah. just if you want to call it there. Like,. You'd call it before that. But, like, I do I know, know what you mean. I know, like, a lot of kids who really liked American Idiot. Yeah. If, I feel like stopping it there would have been good. Yeah. Like, and, like... Well, I mean, but then you saw the Rolling Stones who are touring, <laughs> and let's be honest, one of them's gonna die on stage. It's gonna happen. <laughs> do they still make new music? Uh, I think every once in a while. I don't think they put out new, like, albums, but yeah. I think they've released a few tracks. Okay. Like, in the last couple of years. Uh, I could be wrong. I don't really pay that much attention to them, so... They did the Super Bowl not too long. Yeah, yeah. And they put on a good show, too, for being, like, 110 years old. It's... But then, like, that's the same thing. Like, people are like, oh, they need to give it up. But you know what? If I could see a Beatles performance today, if two of them were still alive, yeah. I'd be all over that. Yeah. So I'd see The Who. Yeah, The Who's really good. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. It was a little while ago. It was probably back in, like... Do you know who I saw when they did, a, they did, like, a one-year reunion? Because my mom got tickets because she really liked them in high school Van Halen that's awesome wait was it which Van Halen David Lee Roth or Sammy Hagar David Lee Roth okay that's awesome yeah yeah it was like because they everyone was super surprised they did a reunion because like they everyone said they kind of hate each other other. yeah Yeah. and the bassist didn't come back so Eddie Van Halen's son Wolfgang Van Halen 
played bass. That's awesome. And he he was like like probably like my age now. Yeah. Like and it was so weird like seeing like this young kid on the stage playing with. Well, that's uh same with the Who. Their drummer is Zach Starkey. It's Ringo Starr's Oh song. yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's been their drummer for like ten years or something now, and he was like really young when he started with them. Yeah, but yeah, that kind of stuff's always funny. It was really good too. It was a good. It was a good show, and I remember we were able to like sneak down to like closer seats at one point. That's awesome. And we were where was it? Close. I feel like it was Susquehanna. No, okay. no, no, no. That's the one in Camden. It wasn't in Camden. It was. In so it was in one of the stadiums. Okay. But I can't remember which stadium. Probably okay. the Flyers one. Probably the uh, what is that even called anymore? Yeah, that's that's why I'm, I'm like I'm so confused about what it what it's is called. Is it still the Wachovia Center? I don't yeah, think I think it was the. Wachovia. I don't think it's still called that. Yeah, but I think when I saw it, it was the Wachovia Center. Yeah, probably that was what it was for a long time. It yeah. might still be that because Wachovia isn't. Oh, a Wells Fargo in. Center now. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I thought they changed, but because I think. Wells Fargo bought, Wells Fargo bought them, yeah. Bought Wachovia, yeah. Um, yeah, the Farg. The Farg. I had something to say, and I completely lost my train of thought looking that up. Oh, well. Yeah, dinosaur bands. Pretty good. <laughs> dinosaur bands. Yeah. I was, like, really confused, because I was like, bands who sing about dinosaurs? Bands made of dinosaurs? That'd be great. <laughs> bands from the TV show Dinosaurs. <laughs> Did you see that the Trump thing? Yeah, I posted it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I, the, I think I shared it after you posted oh, okay. it. Yeah. yeah, I remember you posted Him it as and the I shared it. Dinosaur it was boss really guy. funny. It was hysterical. It was amazing. I was like, I don't care if who you support, this is funny either way. Yeah. I think I even had like one or two Trump supporters like it. Just like it's it's too funny not to like. Yeah, it was really funny. I'll post a, a link to that if I can find a link for it. I'm sure I will be able to. In this new modern age. Oh, coming up, uh, it's NaNoWriMo. Oh, it's yeah. In two days. Let's see if we actually. Oh, does that do start it. in two days? Uh, I finished my other writing project that I'm not supposed to talk about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was something that I mentioned last time on our show. So, should we. We're gonna hold our breath still? Yeah, I still haven't heard back about it, but okay. it's submitted. I don't know how you check there my. There you email. go, there's a hint, something you submitted. Yep. The, I. The secret I spoiled for a whole group of people, on super unintentionally. Not just spoiled it, but posted it to the entire group. <laughs> it's a writing project. Uh, well, you did say that. Yeah, and I asked Josh to like just give it a once over because I was having people like look it over and proofread and stuff. And I sent it to him, and he made like a couple, just a couple edits, and then sent it back into like this huge group message <laughs> with like literally all of our, our friends, friends who most of them didn't even know about it and I was like well and I said copyright Mike don't steal <laughs> so that's okay and technically you do have creative yeah. uh, copyright on it because yeah. as soon as you make something it's it's copyrighted which is weird yeah not always the best thing but but, but often a good thing in this case I'm happy with it yeah and I shouldn't necessarily last like forty years or whatever it lasts, I but lasts more than forty years. It? Now. It's like it's like a hundred years or something like that. Like because it, it goes past the time of death, like fifty years past. The oh, time is of that death. what it is? Yeah. Jesus. And there's like ways you can extend it and stuff. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Well, yeah. I guess if you like apply for like real trademark, copyright, whatever. I know they're different. I don't know yeah. the difference though. Trademark has to do with brands. Yeah. Copyright is with. Creative. Creative and 
intellectual property. Intellectual yeah. property. So, all right. On that note. On that note. <laughs> Crunchy ice.